Well, here it is, episode 81, two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Ted Klopp, looking more like Earl Hershiser every day, and Ken Dworsnick, <laughs> who just looks like some overweight 40-year-old. So. <laughs> Uh, we got rolling. How you doing, my friend? It's been a couple of weeks. How's, yeah. how's life? I know you've done a lot of taxi squad. I'm not talking about you going up and playing for yeah. the professional league, an actual taxi no. squad with your children. Yeah, yeah. It's been a uh, busy, uh, It's uh, as my wife said to me last week, we were talking about what we had coming up this weekend, and I reviewed it with her, and she said, okay, so it's just another weekend at the rink. I said, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> You explained uh, that to me. I, we had the chance to spend some time together for research, obviously, on Friday. And obviously you told me your schedule. And if you ask me to repeat that, it's not going to happen. It's not because my brain is that bad, even though I do have a little bit of a COVID fog. I think it's still. But uh, you had so many events. I, I. I couldn't even remember or even I could not even tell how the heck you kept all that together. Thank God for Outlook. huh? Well, here's here's the highlight. So. My middle son had a game in Worcester at 7.45 Saturday morning, which meant that I got up at 5.30. I got up earlier for hockey than I do during the week. So I took him to that, and then my wife had to take our youngest son to his game. And uh, so she calls me at about 8.45, see how much this, how'd it go? I said, I get up at 5.30 for a 3 nothing loss. She says, well, that's got, you got nothing on my epic fail. I said, oh, really? She says, uh, I said, I said, what'd you do? Leave his stick at home? She says, no. I said, did you leave his skates and his helmet and his gloves at home? No. So what happened? She says, well, we're playing mentor and we're here in mentor and we're here in plenty of time. Unfortunately, it's a home game, so the game's a shaker. <clears throat> so, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was a highlight. And then she texted me that getting in the car, she had sold something on Facebook, and so she had to wait because the woman was going to come at the end of the game, so she couldn't leave. So she's at the wrong rink and can't leave. And uh, then they bought they bought uh, hot chocolate. And uh, they're getting in the car and she, so allegedly my son, youngest son did not help her get into the car. The end result was that the hot chocolate got spilled. Oh my. So it was a banner, banner, uh, banner day. And being the good husband that I am, I posted on Facebook, a picture of my uh, speedometer with zero degrees as I'm driving. I saw that. Yeah. So she she chimes in with, uh, well, it was four degrees on the way to the rink we were going to. And so my response was, you mean the rink where there was no game, the wrong rink that you went to? Is that the rink that you're referring to? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, I told the hockey director. And so he saw her this weekend, and he walks up and he says, how is better? So, uh, yeah, we, uh, oh, it was great. But, uh, hey, uh, we won uh, both of our games yesterday, and so that was exciting. That is exciting. Congrats. That's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So and it's you funny you mentioned you mentioned about Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. What's your experience been on that? I've had some interesting experiences, positive and negative, doing that whole thing. We've sold a lot of different things out of the house and just some different items, clothes and 
gadgets. And then I've been helping my parents who are trying to get rid of some stuff and sell some things. What's your experience been with that, Ted? Well, uh, it's more my wife's experience. I haven't done it much, but I've heard about it and helped her with it. Um, you know, majority of the time things go well, uh, but then you have people who say they're going to buy something and they're going to meet you at such and so place. And then they don't show up. Then you get ghosted. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's the, that's the irritating part. Is there something that's happened to you that's more unique than that? No, I mean, it's, it's been more of the same. Um, the one thing, and I, I guess this is kind of a, a heads up to people who are doing this. There's a lot of scams going on through Facebook marketplace. I've had a lot of people that, their profile gets stolen and then they say they're, they're interested in a specific item with me. Sure. And then the next thing they know is they want me to send something through PayPal and then the PayPal account quote unquote only allows a certain amount. So then I have to go to some email. It's, it's just, it's a scam. So I, I give everyone a heads up just so you know that there are a ton of scams involved with that. It's a great system and it yep. works well if both people are on the same page and people show up and say, Hey, I want this. Let's go. Let's meet and go from there. But just a heads up to everybody, there are some scams going on. Well, it's, uh, as you mentioned that, I do recall. So my wife will offer sometimes to deliver a product for an additional charge. If you want it delivered to your house, you know, an extra, I don't know, five bucks, 10 bucks, depending on how far we're going, and we'll deliver it. And I do recall one time she had me attempt a delivery at an address. And I knocked on the door and they had no idea who I was or why I was there. And in talking to the woman at the house, she said this was not the somebody was messing with them, yeah, and telling people to deliver stuff there when they were not the party that was trying to purchase. Interesting. So, yeah, watch out for the scams, man. Yeah. There's always a scam. Well, coming up on this week's show, this is not a scam. We're going to revisit the first time the Browns had the first overall pick in the NFL draft, and this week in Cleveland sports. <laughs> we talk about the Browns of the draft, and we say it's not a scam. <laughs> I love it. Anyhow, uh, Steve Muehlhausen <laughs> is here to get in the ring and talk about last weekend's WWE Royal Rumble. We have good news for a Buffalo hospital, thanks to Kansas City Chiefs fans. We'll explain. And in Klopp's Clips, we have details on a real-life Weekend at Bernie's situation. Oh, boy. That and more coming up. And now, a woman's perspective. How do men define a 50-50 relationship? We cook, they eat. We clean, they dirty. We iron, they wrinkle. This has been... A woman's perspective. Ted, I thought I'd change things up with you oh. can really buy this. Usually I, like I come up with some products that people can go on the internet and buy. We all know what those products are. Very obscure things. Yes. I thought it'd be interesting to kind of turn back the clock to an extent. And this is predicated based on, I can't believe I'm going to say this, the Cincinnati Bengals going back to the Super Bowl for the first time since 1989. Yeah. So I thought it'd be interesting 
first of all, to look at the price of things compared Ooh. to where things are now with specific oh, items. This is fun. I like this. And one thing I want to remember before we get into this, back in 1989, when the Bengals went to the Super Bowl and played the 49ers, when the Bengals won to get to that game, this is kind of really odd, but I think you'll agree that this is interesting. You were not able to text, call anybody yep. on a cell phone, or yep. post anything on social media to tell people that the yeah. Bengals won. You know what you, you had to do? Use a landline? Use a landline. <laughs> use the home phone. Yeah. Which, amazingly, I remember more landline phone numbers than I do cell phone numbers. Wow. So, yeah, well, because you had to dial them. Now they're all right. programmed in. You just touch the person's name. That's you don't correct. know what their number is. If there was an emergency and I had to get a hold of you, I'd be out to lunch. I have no idea. I know yes. your area code, and that's about it. Yep, that's that's pretty much it. So I, I found that very interesting. But I do have the pricing of some items oh, good. back from 1989. And I, I mean, we can play a little game here, too. You can maybe oh. guess some of this stuff if you wanted to. Okay. Some of it might be difficult, but we'll start with the first one here. A first class stamp. What do you say? Go to the post office and buy a stamp. How much would you pay in 1989? Uh, well, I was going to say 20 cents. I'm going to go 25 cents. You're right on it. 25 okay. cents. 25 Very cents. Well okay. The cost of a gallon of gas. Oh. 1989. 1989. 109. You are right, right on it today. 112. Wow. Okay. That's impressive. Okay. All right. Average cost in the U.S. of a new home. Uh, average we'll cost. Give you some, we'll, we'll, give you a, uh, we'll give you some leeway on this one. I don't know. Uh, 50 grand. 148,000. That's. <laughs> we'll off. It's okay. It's yep. not a problem. I would have said the same. Dozen of eggs, 1989. Dozen of eggs. 99 cents. Close, 79. Okay. And one of the last ones I have for you, a loaf of bread. What would you pay for a loaf of bread? Oh. A dollar fifty. Uh, 69 cents. <laughs> well, you can tell I, uh, I've mailed a few things in my time, but I don't do the grocery shopping in the family. <laughs> no, I, I completely understand that. Now, the interesting part about this year as well, just a couple of quick things. The average income for a person in the U.S., what do you think that was? So what would a person in 1989, of all the different jobs that are around, what is the average income of a person at that time? $27,000. Were you reading this? Yes, twenty-seven thousand four fifty. Wow, unbelievable. So, and what one thing you can experience from nineteen eighty-nine? A Nintendo Game Boy, because that was oh. created. Then. How about that? Wow, that pretty wild. So there's no, and, there's no Sega, there's no Xbox, no. there's no PlayStation. No. No, okay. you gotta, you get a Game Boy. Okay. Now, you would be able to post this on the web because the World Wide Web, I think Al Gore created, I believe. He, he claims that. Um, yeah. That started in 1989. Okay. And then also zip files. We use those all the time. Remember oh. the zip file format that we had? Yeah. Yeah. For email to condense emails and let them be small. Yeah. Bill Katz created that in 1989 as well. So. Huh. 
I figure that would be something interesting to talk about. You did a great job of guessing the <laughs> prices. You know, you know the pricing from 1989. Yeah, You're doing a heck of a job, and uh, it's a nice little turn back the clock, predicated on the Cincinnati Bengals going to the Super Bowl first time since '89. And there's some things that you could buy now, cheaper, more expensive. But once again, you could really buy. Them. All right, time to get in the ring. And Steve Muehlhausen from DAZN, D-A-Z-N.com, is back with us and back from the Royal Rumble. How did, did Now, I heard that on two separate occasions, the WrestleMania sign caught on fire. So oh, what yeah. I know sure is, did. did you catch on fire? No, thankfully, okay. where they have the sign, the sign is right above the back section on the floor level. I didn't notice it at first. I was, I was, I was working. <laughs> I was live vlogging, and I'm looking, and my camera guy is like, "Dude, you gotta look up." I'm like, "What?" And he's like, "The sign is on fire." I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I look up. They're evacuating everybody. This is after the after Ronda wins the women. Yeah, yeah. Because what they did, they rushed right away, evacuated that whole section, and lowered that thing down. They hit it up right after Becky and Dewdrop ended. Like right when it concluded, it was already it was on its way up. Okay, okay. And that and then <laughs> Brock wins. And, and I was joking. I was joking to a colleague because the role we were in was all was all media. And I was joking to the guy left of me, and I'm like, "Man, what if this sign went on fire again?" And I look up, and I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" <laughs> <laughs> they rushed everybody out of there. This was a big deal. Right? Now, people could people could have been legitimately hurt. And thankfully, I give the people at the Dome at America Center, WWE. The St. Louis Fire and Police Department because they were right on top of it. Sure. I give everyone credit. They saw it. It was noticed. They made sure everyone was safe. That was probably one of the most exciting things on the show. If we're gonna <laughs> well, before we talk about the show, attendance. I know they announced like 41,000, and I don't know how many that place sits, but was was it full? Was it was oh my god, yeah. Yeah, okay. It wasn't. 44,390. This is a testament to a couple of people. It's a testament to Roman Reigns. It's a testament to Brock Lesnar. And then when the news came out about Ronda, that leak yeah. wasn't on accident. Yeah. I want people to make, I want people to understand that, that leak, that leak was done for it to be known. Right. And people found out, people went, but those last couple of days, they sold, they sold about 5,000 tickets. Okay. But when they announced, Lesnar and Lashley mm-hmm. tickets started flying. Okay, it's a legit. It's a match we haven't seen. Right. One people were are very excited about, and we're in the match. And I thought the match was actually pretty good. Yeah, but it was a little over thirty nine. It was like thirty nine five. It was somewhere okay. like right around that peripheral. But yeah. they sold every ticket they made available. They okay. always do. WWE likes to do this thing where they always go 10% above for the crowd. And then, like, when they do their quarterly calls, they reveal what the actual the actual is. numbers. Okay. Because they have to, or they can get in a lot of trouble because okay. they are a publicly traded company. They right. have to give real numbers. Your thought, I mean, I saw the show. Brock 
a little turn there uh, with uh, Paul Heyman at the end of the Roman match that uh, I don't think anybody expected. Uh, The crowd reaction was pretty strong there. And then Brock comes in at number 30 and cleans the place out. So uh, what are your thoughts on what they're doing with Brock, number one? And then uh, a different way to look at this, they're hitching their wagons to for WrestleMania to two part-timers. Or I don't know if Ronda's back full-time or whatever, but uh, um, what are your thoughts on that? Two people who aren't around all that much or haven't been around all that much. Now, from what I've been led to believe about Ronda Rousey, she's guaranteed to be in starting from this past Saturday through at the very minimum next year's WrestleMania. Okay. Out in Lo- out in Los Angeles. Part-timer in Lesnar, yeah, but Ronda's back. Okay. She's going to be out she's going to be on the road, she's going to be doing house show loops. But you're right though, they're hitching their wagon to someone that ha- hasn't been around for 3 years. Right. You know, and you know, you look at you look at the same thing with Brock and Brock's been around more on this run. Okay. He obviously draws money, so it's hard to argue with that. But let's talk about Nick Khan a little bit. What he's the new president, am I right, of uh, the company? Obviously, Vince McMahon is still the man, but yes, Nick sir. Khan is the president, and uh, Ric Flair doesn't like him. A number of other people don't like him. Why? What is he doing that is making him so unpopular? And is he running the business well? Are people just not used to this style? And because of that, they're, you know, it's something new. And because it's something new, we don't like it. Uh, or what's the deal here? It's exactly that. He's a smart businessman. Mm-hmm. And not to say WWE was always run like a mom and pop shop. But in a way it was, you didn't have, you had guys that Vince just, he relied on. He trusted. Within the last couple of years, before Nick got there, they were starting to get some of those executives from outside, outside executives from different networks and different sporting organizations. And But when Nick came on, Nick saw a vision. Vince likes the vision. Remember, at the end of the day, the buck still stops with Vince McMahon. Vince sure has turned out. Vince has told Nick no more than once. Nick's told me that, and we and we've seen that and some stuff that Nick's wanted to do. And Vince is like, I think one of the great things they've done is Saturday pay per views. That's a Nick Khan idea. Okay, like you look at you look at the UFC, you look at boxing, big sporting events. When are they held? Saturday. Yeah. Saturday is a big time sports day for combat sports. And WWE wants a piece of that pie. And you know what? I can't blame them on because it's working. They did it for SummerSlam. They did it for day one. They did it for the Royal Rumble. They're doing it again in a couple weeks when they hold uh, Elimination Chamber in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. They're doing it two nights of Mania. I know they're doing it for SummerSlam coming up in August out in Nashville. So People don't like it because it's something new. He's taken a lot of people from the corporate world. He stole four people from my employer. He picked four of the best. He sure. wants to make this a business. Some people can't accept that. It's hard to be. It's hard to get adjusted to change. I think Nick Khan's been great for the company. I re- people don't want to hear that, but I really do. I really think he's done a lot for the organization. Well, let's switch gears. AEW, real quick. Let's hit news with them. John Moxley. Back with the company, healthy, ready to go. Congratulations to him on uh, going through rehab and uh, successfully completing it. 
He looks great. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. He's ready to go. Any other big news uh, coming out of AEW at the moment? Is that the, the big headline at the moment? He looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. He caught it before it got out of control. And, you know, he's got a very supportive wife. Renee is great. AEW's got a big week coming up here. They had a great show last week. Sammy Guevara beat Cody. Hell of a match. Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy lights out last week to close Dynamite. The ratings are good for AEW. Right now, TBS is the it's the right move. Rampage's ratings are going up as well. Things are good right now for AEW. They got a lot of momentum. WWE's got a lot of momentum. And I think WWE's doing is having a rub on AEW. Oh, sure. Impact's, Impact's ratings have been up the last four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Impact is starting to get back that traction they had last year when they had when they had in Kenny Omega. So wrestling is the wrestling's just clicking right now. It's like wrestling's in such a fantastic spot right now. Media, you're a fan, you're a talent, executive. Wrestling's feeling hot right now. I feel wrestling's really getting that momentum, and it's great to see. Well, if people want to keep up with the news on wrestling, give them the uh, Twitter handle and uh, the best places to find you uh, for all the uh, inside scoop. You can go, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and now I got a TikTok. Tip. Oh, I joined, boy. I joined the TikTok universe at S. Mulehausen JR. It's S M U E H L H A U S E N J R. You can also uh, find my stuff to zone.com forward slash forward slash news. I some cool stuff up last week I had with Matt Hardy. You know, I had pieces up with conversations I had in St. Louis with Dewdrop and AJ Styles. I'll have a piece this week from a chat I had with Liv Morgan. We didn't talk a lot of Royal Rumble stuff. We talked more about personal life, stuff she's got going on. Talked a little bit about Rhonda. So I'm going to have that up later this week. So the buck doesn't stop, Ted. We keep grinding. We keep working. And the most importantly, it's not even work. Yeah. It's fun. At That's the end the of the day, part. this is all fun. And I get paid to do it. So it, it, life could be a whole lot worse than it is. Awesome. Well, keep grinding. Uh, keep working if you want to call it that. Keep having fun. And we'll catch up in a couple of weeks. Yes, sir, Ted. Thank you so much, my friend. More good news. The incredible NFL divisional playoff game two weekends ago between the Chiefs and the Bills had more than one expected outcome. Aside from the Chiefs comeback on the field, Chiefs fans have taken a page from the Bills Mafia playbook by donating to a Buffalo Children's Hospital. More than 15,000 Chiefs fans have combined to donate more than $304,000 to the John R. Oishi. Children's Hospital to show respect to Bill's quarterback, Josh Allen, $304,000. That's amazing. That's unbelievable. The donations from Chiefs fans are reminiscent of Bill's fans donating to opposing teams organizations. In 2018, Bill's fans donated $442,000 to the Andy and Jordan Dalton Foundation after the then Bengals quarterback threw a last minute touchdown to defeat the Baltimore Ravens and end the Bills' 17-year playoff drought. In 2021, Bills fans donated $553,000. Wow. To Lamar Jackson's favorite charity, Blessings in a Backpack, after the Ravens quarterback was concussed in the Bills' divisional round playoff victory. I I just think that's outstanding. You know, we can all, and we kind of talked about this, even though we're 
rivals and we have different teams we root for, we could take a step back and realize that things are more important than the game on the field and, and helping people is what it's all about. That's, that's, that's what this reminds me of. That is so yep. cool. Absolutely. And now great moments in a parenting. <laughs> well, Ken, I told you about a little problem we had with uh, hockey over the weekend at the top of the show, but we have another great moment in parenting here. On Monday morning, my youngest son was lamenting that the weekend was over. Oh. It's just too short. He's very upset. The weekend's not long enough. He has to go back to school. And he was not happy. And so he says, I'm not going to school. Not an uncommon situation for parents to hear that from a kid. And I said, oh, yes, you are. And his response to that was, I'll give you 20 bucks. I'll give you 20 bucks. Give you I'll 20 like bucks. So uh, apparently, somehow, my youngest son has already discovered the art of bribery. Well done, sir. This has been great moments in parenting. <laughs> Time for another Cleveland calendar. And so we have Destination Cleveland's Jen Brazdovich with us. And uh, Jen, it's February. That means uh, Black History Month. How is Cleveland celebrating? Yeah, absolutely. It is February. It's Black History Month. Um, this is going to be a great month for Clevelanders to get out there, um, experience some events that are being held this month so that they can learn more about the Black community here in Cleveland and um, how Black Clevelanders have really helped to create change, foster innovation um, here in Cleveland and nationwide. So we've got some really cool events that are happening this year, um, but there's also a really great opportunity year-round for people to really further their knowledge and understanding of Cleveland's Black community. Um, so let's touch on some events. We've got some really cool performances that are happening here in Cleveland this February. Um, we know that we have a really amazing performing arts scene here. So on uh, Friday, February 18th, the Cleveland Pops Orchestra is going to hold their In Celebration of Black History Month concert. Um, so they'll be joined by some vocalists to perform music of Black composers like George Gershwin, Duke Ellington, Scott Joplin. Um, and that's going to be, like I said, Friday, February 18th at Mandel Concert Hall at Severance. It's a really cool way, you know, get out there with the wife, with the kids, uh, make it a family outing, take some friends, whatever. Um, tickets are available online for that. Staying in the performing arts um, vein of things, Caramu House. Um, some Clevelanders might know, but a lot probably don't know that Cleveland is home to the nation's oldest producing African-American theater. So this is a really great chance for residents to experience that historic institution at Caramu House during Black History Month. Um, they'll be performing The Mountaintop, which is a play that reimagines the events from the night before the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, and that's on stage starting February 10th through March 6th. So lots of opportunities for you to check that out. And over at Cleveland Public Theater, they'll be performing Panther Women in Army for the Liberation, which is a new show um, following one woman's journey to self-discovery. And it's told through the stories of women who are members of the Black Panther Party and the Black Liberation Movement. Those performances start um, Friday, February the 4th, and they're going all the way through the 26th. So um, it's a really great opportunity all month long. And one of the cool things about Cleveland Public Theater is that their tickets are available at choose what you pay pricing. So it's really accessible to everybody here in Cleveland. You don't have to um, 
pay a ton of money to go and see a show, but you can still sure. get a really good experience. Yeah. If we uh, if we're not looking for performing arts, are there other events, uh, celebrations that uh, we should be aware of? Yeah, tons of events happening um, throughout Cleveland. Um, we have one small event coming up later this month. NBA All-Star Weekend is happening over President's Day weekend. Just a little. Um, yeah, just a small thing that's yeah. going to be happening here. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be really cool because in addition to all of the um, sports things that are happening, all of the basketball things that are happening, there's also going to be multiple ways for residents and the visitors who are here from out of town to really support our local Black community, local Black-owned businesses, and celebrate um, the diversity that exists in sports. So one cool thing that's happening in this that weekend is happening Saturday, February 19th. It's the Real Black Friday Business Expo happening over at Tower City. And that's going to feature more than 100 Black-owned businesses. Um, so you'll be able to, to chat with some business owners, you know, make some purchases from their businesses. There'll be live entertainment, a kid's zone, a really great opportunity to get out there and really be part of the community. And then the Cleveland Power of Sports Summit is um, also happening all weekend long during um, NBA All-Star. This is something that was, um, it, it first happened when we hosted the NFL draft. And so it's coming back for its second iteration this year for All-Star Weekend. Um, it's really a great celebration of diversity, equity, inclusion, and kind of how all of that comes together and how sports have an impact um, on all of those things. So that's going to be a really cool celebration too. Um, and then NBA crossover is where, you know, arts, culture, diversity, and sports all come together. And that'll be happening all weekend as part of the all-star events too. So not much with the all-star game, just a little bit here and there. Yeah. Just a few things yeah. happening. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Okay. Will you be participating in the three point or the slam dunk contest this year? Um, I'm five foot three. So I don't know that I would be very <laughs> successful at a slam dunk contest. Um, maybe if somebody wants to put me on their shoulders, I could, yeah. I could give it a shot. Okay. Um, right. But yeah, so, so lots of stuff happening in February and, you know, just really great opportunities to, to celebrate Cleveland's black, black culture year round. Um, Destination Cleveland, shameless plug. We just launched this expressions of black culture, public art passport that's available on our website. Um, and that features 35 public art installations all across Cleveland and some of the suburbs. So you can go and check out some of these really cool um, art installations that celebrate black culture and really commemorate the contributions of black Cleveland Clevelanders. There's a few right in downtown. So if you're going to be downtown for All-Star Weekend, it's a great chance to, to check some of those out. Check in at some of the locations. And if you visit 25 of them, you're entered in a drawing for a prize. Quarterly mm. drawing. So that's pretty cool. Um, okay. And then we always like to, to encourage people to experience the cuisine here in Cleveland. We've got such a diverse cultural, um, cultural food scene here. And so Black-owned businesses and restaurants are a big part of that. So um, if you head to our website, this is cleveland.com slash Black History. You'll find a ton of restaurants that you can visit that are Black-owned restaurants, um, some authentic African cuisine, stuff like that. Um, so you can keep the celebration going past the end of February too. So destination Cleveland's website is the hub, uh, kind of the go-to place, uh, as opposed to Googling or going to each individual website for a, an event. Uh, you can find it all there. Am I, uh, am I even close here? Is that, is that pretty yes, much it? A thousand percent. Yep. We've got it all right there. So you don't have to go to a bunch of different websites. Um, this is cleveland.com has everything you need to know for events that are happening, things to do, things to know about the neighborhoods here in Cleveland. And then, like I said, this is cleveland.com slash black history. will give you a full guide to celebrating black history month here in Cleveland. 
All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. Uh, Jen Brazovich will be on Evan Mobley's shoulders competing in the slam dunk contest at the All-Star Exactly, Games. yes. We'll, yep, we'll, I'll we'll be there. post pictures of that uh, on our Twitter here. And, uh, yeah, sure. All right. Well, uh, thank you for your time, and we'll, uh, we'll talk in a couple of weeks. Thanks. Ted, it's time for another overachiever segment. Is it me? Unfortunately, no. I, I don't. I don't know why. We got to talk to our staff. Yeah, I mean, we do right. great things, but we've never okay. overachieved. Maybe with other things, but not not in this show. So, okay. An eleven-year-old Harry Potter super fan in England now owns the Guinness World Record. Wow, another Guinness World Record. That's imagine cool. that for most Harry Potter characters identified from film quotes in one minute. Huh. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Wow, boy. Eli Chimelik has read all the books and has seen the Potter movies multiple times. He correctly identified 19 characters from the quotes in the 60-second time period, earning the record. Chimelek says he believes he could get a higher total with a faster reader. So he's so blaming the judge. He's blaming the, yeah. The oh, person reading. Nice. That was their fault. He can go faster. I'll take obscure records for 1,000, Alex. Oh, I don't I really don't know how much competition he's going to have. for. That. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I, yeah. There's no uh, notation here for what the previous record was. I do know this could that. be a permanent record. I mean, I, oh. I don't think anyone's going to even make an attempt on this. So, Eli, <laughs> you might be safe on this, man. Good work. Way to overachieve. And Ted, yeah, we got another overachiever. The most trusted name in journalism. Clops Clips. All right, Ken, the news you probably haven't heard, here it is. I'm going to give I it to it. you now. Two German prison inmates are facing fines of more than $5,000 over a food fight. Mm. The two female cellmates started throwing potato mash at each other after an argument. One then threw her entire plate at the other, who did the same thing. It all ended in a fight with both women injured. One faces fines of more than three grand or 180, 180 days in jail. The other owes more than two grand and another 120 day or another 120 days behind bars. Oh, Stop with the food fights. That's some steep fines, man. Yeah. We're not messing around. Mash. Yeah. Good thing they didn't give them steak. Bone in ribeye, that could be dangerous. Or gravy, that would be. Yeah, oh boy. Imagine the dry cleaning bill from there. Yeah, that'd be 5,000. Pair of men in Ireland apparently tried to pull off a real life weekend at Bernie's. The two apparently uh, went to the local post office with a dead man's body propped between them in an attempt to get the dead man's pension check. Oh, jeez. A worker at the post office noted that the middleman's ashen face was ashen and called police. That's when the two other guys dropped the body and took off. Oh boy. Investigators confirmed the body was in fact dead. And with the city where this happened being small, it didn't take long to ID the body and the two guys who tried to pull off the heist. 
They're the dead man's nephew and a friend. Oh, gosh. And they've tried to claim that the guy was alive when they left the home, home, his home, and somehow he passed away on the way to the post office. So the investigation continues there. Oh, the investigation continues. Well, yeah, yeah. This is not just an open and shut deal here. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you can't do what you do in the movies. No. Sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess maybe we call that a copycat crime. That's what that would be. West Virginia Governor Jim Justice gave his State of the State address last Thursday and used part of it to respond to actress Bette Midler, who called West Virginians poor, illiterate, and strung out in a tweet. And here is the governor's response. They told every bad joke in the world about us. And so from that standpoint, baby dog, Tells Bette Midler and all those out there, kiss her honey. Kiss her honey. Okay, I like that. Governor says kiss her honey. Midler made the initial tweet after West Virginia Democratic Senator Joe Manchin refused to support President Joe Biden's Build Back Better Act. Following the speech by Governor Justice, Midler didn't didn't hush up. She, in another tweet, uh, provided the ranking of states from an unnamed source showing West Virginia near the bottom in healthcare, education, and the economy. I don't think Bette Midler is going to be doing ads for uh, Love West Virginia anytime soon. No, I don't think so either. I, I know she's been an actress for a long time and a singer. Doesn't she have anything else to do? I know. She's yeah. just posting all Come this on. stuff on Twitter. I mean, this, yeah. this, there's got to be other things that she can do as more productive. Right. That's, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, no Heine kissing here, but we'll uh, wrap up this week's collection of Klopp's Clips. Cleveland! This is for you! All right, here we go with this week in Cleveland sports, January 28th, 1954. We're at the NFL draft, which was held much earlier back then. Bobby Garrett from the University of Stanford. He goes to the Browns. It's the first time the Browns had the number one overall pick, and they took Bobby Garrett. What can you tell us? Uh, well, Dusty Sloan, I should say, should probably introduce our guest. Can Dusty Sloan, our resident uh, Cleveland sports expert is with us. And uh, Dusty, what can you tell us about uh, Bobby Garrett? Well, Bobby Garrett fits in real well with uh, most of the number one overall picks that the Browns have had. Certainly not a guy like Miles Garrett. But the thing about Bobby Garrett here is, yes, in 1954, he was the Browns' number one pick, first overall in the entire draft. Now, I haven't been able to figure out how this happened, but he only played one season. It Hmm. was the 1954 season. And he didn't play for the Browns. Somehow, he ended up with the Green Bay Packers and was a <laughs> quarterback for them for nine games as a rookie, and then never played again. So, that, now that didn't that wasn't very uncommon back then because the rules were a little bit different as far as keeping players, signing players, and that kind of thing. But yes, the Browns did draft Bobby Garrett first overall, and he ended up never playing for the team. The thing I think about from back that time, Dusty, just with all the technology we have and media, 
how easy it is to find out about a player now who plays for, let's say, even a Division two or Division three team. I can only imagine the scouting at that time, even with Bobby Garrett, to look at, I don't even know if they had necessarily game film, but just to have scouts go out and watch him. Can you imagine at that time trying to do scouting of players in the, in the fifties that that had to be difficult. I imagine. Well, and, and to be quite frank, a lot of that scouting was limited to the bigger schools. You just didn't have the budgets or the people that allowed you to go to the division two level, the, the, the HBCUs where we know that, the Steelers devoted all that time in the seventies and found all those gems at those schools. So yeah, you didn't, I mean, I'm looking at Bobby Garrett right now and yeah, he played at Stanford. So he was a big school, a big school type player, but then the Browns traded him to the Packers before he even got to Cleveland because Garrett had military service coming up. So, but who knew that being at Stanford, you'd have military service coming up. So those are the types of things that happened back then. Well, and it's interesting, um, you know, uh, the, uh, the guys back then, uh, not that military service isn't big amongst the NFL guys now, but guys, when, you're, when your paycheck is uh, seven digits, they don't uh, jump at military service as quickly as they did back then. Uh, you know, Pat Tillman is the one who stands out, but uh, it's not quite the same. And let's face it, obviously, guys at Army, Navy, Air Force, and they talk about, well, they should be able to waive that military service to play in the NFL before their their primes are over. Well, that just didn't happen in the 50s. If you had military service, you were going to go in the military. Just look at Roger Staubach. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Oh, well, Dusty, right. last – Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say, last question. Well, we've always had talks about – number one picks and faulty picks and all that stuff. But it sounds like Bobby Garrett, who didn't play for the Browns, actually, did he have a decent career? Do you know any of those stats for us? No, he went, uh, he went 15 for 30 with no touchdowns and a pick for the Packers. And that was it for him. So uh, apparently according to his wiki page, he was also a stutterer. So uh, for whatever that's worth. All right. Yeah. Why? Hey. No, no offense to Bobby Garrett, but it sounds like they picked a real gem with that guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know, the uh, Browns track record of top uh, number one overall picks uh, <clears throat> doesn't seem to have changed a whole lot over the years. I don't know. But nonetheless, uh, Dusty Sloan, thanks so much for your time. Always enjoy it, guys. Cleveland! This is for you! Oh, no, not a dad joke. What do you give a sick lemon? Mmm, a sick lemon. Uh, it's not CPR. I don't know. Ted, of course, lemonade. Oh. That joke was horrible. Ken, we're wrapping up episode number 81 of Two oh. Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland. And if you listening want to replay this episode a few times, go right ahead because today is Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Get your groundhog off. Let's look mm-hmm. at that thing. Let's see if it looks at a shadow. <laughs> you ever believe that? Do you ever think that has anything to do with anything? I know I Scott think, Sable would have some comments about that. He's going to fight the groundhog. He likes Scott to fight Sable. him. Yeah. But I, I, do you believe that or what were you at with that? The no, 
No. I believe it's tremendous marketing. I know in Poxitani, it's a huge festival. It's just a reason to drink. I mean, sure. it's it, it, seriously, that's that's what I've heard. But yeah, I, I've yeah. never I've never based the thought process on how many more days of winter we're going to have by that hog. No, yeah, no. Well, good. you know what Groundhog Day is for me? It's my godson's birthday. Oh, yeah. So how that's exciting. How young is that young man now? What, uh, what age are we at? 17, I believe. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. He's 17? Yeah. Yep. Oh. Wow. How about man. that? that is, okay. That is. Yeah. If he didn't wow. feel old before, well, there well, you go. Well, that's, yeah, I'm. I'm good. Yep. <laughs> yep. I just got a couple of grays after that comment. Yeah, right. Well, I don't have many grays left because I don't have much else up there left. Oh, speaking of grays, I was yes. doing some cleaning of the basement. I didn't yes. have a chance to tell you about this. I found a baseball card for you. Yeah. You can imagine who I found. Oral yeah. Hershiser, baby, yeah. with the Dodgers. Oh, From 19. What year was that? Was that 90? I think it was a 90. I have that card for you. I'm going to bring it to you when I next time okay. I see in the office. Oh, so. that'll be fun. Yeah. You were looking good, by the way. You got the okay. bat on your. I mean, I don't understand what the picture. Why would the pitcher have a bat? I don't I don't know. Did he have that. a good year at the plate? I don't I know. Guess. I guess it's a great pitcher. The bulldog. Okay. okay. Bulldog. All right. Wonderful. Well, that'll wrap up this week's show. Uh, next time on our show, another mystery guest. The magical mystery tour, like the yeah. Beatles said. That's the polite way of saying we building a mystery. Sarah we, we don't, How many more mysteries we're going to have think of before we ended up here? That's that's why we have so many listeners. Right, so. right, right. Well, I appreciate both of them. Well, Ted, I'm glad you're uh, wearing your thermals. I'm glad you're staying warm. I'm glad we're both wearing hooded sweatshirts for this today. That is yes. uh, that is cool. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we've we've just given up. Basically, is what we've done. Why, why dress up when we could just wear whatever. Dressed down. And I just want to give everyone out there a reminder. We're just two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Two middle-aged men in Cleveland is sponsored by Westminster AV. Custom audio-visual packages for all occasions.